This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible. We are actually live broadcasting this episode as well because it's a topic I think that we do need to really explore, what it means to actually be affluent. And I'm joined today by someone I'm very delighted to have with you here on Entrepreneurs Get Visible. We are in the process of launching the new podcast, The Affluent Entrepreneur Show, which is hosted by Mel Abraham, who is an entrepreneur and mentor who helps people grow and scale their businesses, but making sure that they build their own financial freedom at the same time, which is not always the same thing. So hey, Mel, and welcome to the show. Oh my God, Anna, it's so good to be here. Yeah, We've had quite a ride this week, haven't we? It's been an interesting ride. I mean, we took an entrepreneur's journey and, and truncated to the, like a weekend. So for those of you who are maybe listening on the podcast later after we've live delivered this, you may not know that Apple Podcast has basically broken itself from the inside. And it just as we we're about to launch Mel's show, which obviously, as you know, those of you who listen to me regularly will know we support a lot of entrepreneurs to get their shows out there. Apple decided to change the entire system and we could not, no matter how hard we tried, get a new show live. So we've had to work at a workaround, Mel, haven't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We had, I mean, we had to we had to look at it. Well, I guess the first thing was we had to decide, you know, what do we do? I mean, are we gonna just wait and put our our future in Apple? Cause we didn't know how long this was take. And and it was not until you kind of said, Mel, this is not getting solved in a day. And I go, All right, I better get real with this. So you are a very experienced entrepreneur. You have been in the kind of online game for longer than many people. Yeah. And I want to kind of address that, that even though you've been in business a long time, you've had a, a public persona, if you like, for a long time, it's still challenging when those issues come up for, for you, for, for anyone. Well, yeah. Well, so first off, this, this show for me is a show from my heart. It's what gives some some part of my my recent journey a lot of meaning. So I wanted it, I just wanted it to be right. You know, it's like it's like you want the wedding to be right. You want the the prom to be you want you want that to be so right. And you had this vision and then all of a sudden, not because of anything that you did, you did everything right, the rug gets pulled out from under you and it just wasn't the experience that you had envisioned it was gonna be. And and I think that's Par for the course when you start talking about entrepreneurship. I mean, like you said, I I started my very first entrepreneurial endeavor was at 11 years old, and I'm a few years older than 11 right now. And I build. I'm on boards of directors. I see it all the time that we don't see the left turn coming. We don't see the U turn coming. We didn't see this coming. We we had an idea, but yeah, I just previously launched a show. Everything seemed to go okay. We got it through, and we went with ours, and we hit a wall. And so. I think this is something that entrepreneurs will run into no matter what it is. You're trying to do a launch. You're trying to 
get yourself out there. You miss a gig, a contract doesn't go well. That's just the, that's part of the journey. Yeah. And I think it's, it's okay to be frustrated, to feel annoyed, feel angry that that a part of that vision you had, the perfect, the perfect vision of that perfect wedding has kind of gone. But you have a decision then. You have a decision about, well, what do I do here? How do I show up here? Do I allow myself to move forward imperfectly or do I stop where we are and don't progress? And what we what we managed to do with your show, so you guys can go and listen after this episode, go check out the Affluent Entrepreneur Show. We managed to fudge it a little bit and we managed an old show that Mel used to host that um, you stopped for a while and we'll talk about why you made those choices. We managed to rebrand parts of that show, but not not the beautiful new branding that we put together for you. We got about 90% of it done. Yeah. So, but Mel's show is new, is now live under the Affluent Entrepreneur Show. It's on Apple and it's on Spotify. It has cost both Mel and I a whole lot of heartache, but it is there. And I want to get into now, for those of you listening to this show, why Mel chose to do that podcast because you've been on one hell of a journey over the last four or five years. So share that with my with my listeners. Yeah. So for me in the States, I'm a CPA, which in the UK is a chartered accountant. So I have I've had the blessing of of working with businesses, buying and selling businesses, building businesses, sitting on boards of directors. And I through the process of working with entrepreneurs and being in this online space for a couple of decades now working with some of the top people online, I've done these one-on-one conversations with them to help them figure out how do they scale their business, but at the same time, scale their money so they find liberation, I call it, versus freedom. True liberation, complete freedom in their lives and peace of mind. And and I had a number of my my friends kept saying, you got to teach this to other people. Mm-hmm. And I go, because the principles and the way we do things allow people to grow and and make it happen. But my struggle with that, I pushed back on it. I resisted on it for a long time because I said, I got out of the CPA world. I don't want people calling me up to say, hey, can I buy an hour of your time to just pick your brain? Well, I'm not selling hours. That's the worst business model around. And so till one, one good friend said, why are you resisting it? And I said, well, I don't want to be pushed back into the CPA world. He says, oh, See, here's the problem. You still see yourself as a CPA that's a thought leader and an entrepreneur. He says, from the outside world, we see you as a thought leader and an entrepreneur that happens to be a CPA. Mm-hmm. And you have a process that should be shared. And at that point is when I said, I don't think I'm going to go through with this. And then literally a couple months later, I found myself in a situation where I got diagnosed with cancer. They they found a what they thought was a five centimeter tumor. It turned out to be seven and a half centimeter tumor in my bladder. And at that moment, it was a scary time. I had to shut my, I had to pull myself out of my business. I had to, I had to change what I was doing because I had a fight for my life. They looked at me and said, look, where it's at, you might lose your prostate. We might have to put a tube and a bag in for the kidney. And if it's really bad, you lose your bladder. And I'm like, and I'm like struggling going, well, what's life like without a bladder? And they wouldn't talk to me about it. They wouldn't tell me about it. So like, I know it's not good, you know? So, but here's what I figured out. And what made this show so important is that I had to fight the cancer physically. I had to fight it medically. I had to fight it psychologically, spiritually, energetically, through emotionally, all of it. I had to fight it. 
I didn't have to fight it financially. And the reason I didn't have to fight it financially is because of the way I ran my businesses. It's the way I ran my money. It's the way I did. It's the things that I did with my my clients, my friends, and how I helped them do it. And so that's what started to get this, the importance of getting this message out in the world. And then lo and behold, the pandemic hits. Mm -hmm. And I watch more entrepreneurs fall by the wayside. More people struggle financially, more people freaking out, more people sitting back and wondering what their existence is going to be like. And it doesn't have to be that way. And so that, that further made it important for us to get this out to people, to start having real conversations about money, about wealth, about uh, peace of mind and, and financial liberation be, that the public and for some reason people, you know, think it's, it's, it's taboo, but it's not. We can't solve financial problems. We can't solve any problems without having a dialogue about the problems. So that's why this became so important because it was smack dab in my face as to why I was able to not worry about things financially, but I saw so many people around me that did. And that's interesting because you're, you were at the heart of your business. Your business as a speaker, as a thought leader, as an author, you are a, a very strong personal brand. So for a lot of entrepreneurs, particularly in the online space, what happens in your business if you can't be there because you have to fight for your life? What yeah. happens if this is something that is protracted? This isn't just a three weeks, I, I'm unwell and then I'm back on my feet. This is something that could take many years. And what happens if you don't know you're going to get that, you know, the energy back, the fight back, the desire back? And I, I see this a lot with people who come into the online space. They have success very quickly, but they also plow through the cash very quickly. Yeah. They're not thinking long term. I have many friends now who are having very high launches, whereas a couple of years ago, you know, they knew nothing. They weren't in these spaces and yet they're burning it and they're not thinking about these things. Now, in the UK, we're very fortunate. We have the NHS. So for us, obviously the news of cancer devastating but we we don't have to concern ourselves financially okay yeah. so we are very lucky in this country that we have that for many people not just in the US but across the world not only is this very challenging physical and mental and emotional news but then you have to think about well if my business is supporting freelancers or i have employees or or just the costs of running a business online, because the online stuff, it isn't free. You've right. got to pay to host the website. You've got, to, you've got to pay to have your content going out, whatever that looks like. So I want to get really clear here. You've had this big wake-up call. You knew you had this knowledge. Yeah. This horrendous situation happens for you, but you have the gift to be able to take some space to do what you need to do. What is it then that you most need people to understand going first, forward? First off, I think that what they, we need to understand is grasp this, that financial independence is a birthright, that truly it's in your grasp. I don't care what, this, what society says. I don't care what media says. I don't care what practicality says, that we need to bring the dreams back into our life again. We need to, we need to look at it and say, not... I wish, but what if? And live a possibility-filled life. And 
we, the financial services industry, and some people like me, some people don't, because I have got no investments to sell. So I'm completely unbiased. But the financial services industry, they benefit from making sure that we feel that the financial game, investing game, the wealth game, the money game is complicated. And it's not. Now, I'm not saying it's easy in the sense that if you're in debt and struggling to to do that, then there may be some hard decisions and things to do. But the ability to build wealth, the concepts, the principles, the core fundamental truths, they're simple. And when you understand them in English, in understandable language, and you put them in in play, things shift. Because I the other the other thing I think they need to grasp is this. Most people out there don't have money issues. They have behavior issues. The money issues are a symptom of the behaviors and the choices they've made. And that and makes it hard, hard for them to follow. So the, the choices, the behaviors become from thoughts that they hold about yep. money and about themselves. This all kind of ties in with the whole limiting belief work. If yeah. you don't understand that it's possible for you to have money, enjoy money, invest money, grow your money, if you don't even realize that, that that's possible for you, whoever you are, then you can't make it happen. You can't. Or you think that money's bad for some reason. And money is it's nothing. It's neutral. It's what we use it for how we use it, the missions, the, the contributions, all those things that, that really matter. So yeah, it, it is, it's, it's very much a very different game than mathematical equations. They matter, the math does, but before we even get to the math, there's a whole lot of stuff that we need to, to make sure is, is right. So for you then, what does affluence look like? So affluence, it's interesting. I, I had someone tell me, you use the word affluence. Does that mean like it seems like it's a stodgy luxury? I said, no, 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 no. Actually, affluence is four things. And only one of them has to do with money. An affluent life for me is a life that's meaningful. Meaningful to me. That, that knowing that, you know what? I did okay and I mattered while I was here. So that's one. The second thing is that it's impactful. That I had an impact. I didn't just live my days out, that I did something positive and that that there's something, in fact, I, I say that that it's about living a life that outlives you. And then the you third thing- You made a difference. Like yeah, that. absolutely. And, and entrepreneurs are, their primary objective of an entrepreneur is to improve the human condition. And the byproduct of it is profit. It's not the purpose of the, the endeavor's profit. The purpose of the endeavor is truly to improve the human condition. Do you think that every entrepreneur sees it that way? No. And I think that what ends up happening is that that's when they start to struggle in times of challenge. One of my clients, you know, Gary Erickson for, for a while with Cliff Bar out here, they hit challenges because of, there was the peanut scare and there was the, the carb thing. The fact is, is that when employees, when people feel that they're behind behind a mission, behind a purpose, when they, they feel that they are on, on a crusade, if you will, the money actually is less important, but the profits start to continue to fly. So that leads to then number three is that an affluent life is fruitful. So there is a money piece to it, but it's only one little piece to it, is that, that you actually are able to live a, a financially free life. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean that it's in beautiful castles and mansions. It could be in a tent. I, it's whatever you define. And then the, the last piece of an affluent life 
to me is, is that it's peaceful. So meaningful, impactful, fruitful, and peaceful. That's affluence to me. And when we look at entrepreneurs, some of them are on a treadmill and there is no peace. It's okay, not- talk to me about that peace. What does that peace mean for you? The peace for me, this sounds horrible in a sense, but two hours after I got diagnosed with cancer, I tell my wife, I said, I'm going to see the attorneys. Now, in the States, we need to, you know, we use trusts and and, and that type of thing to make sure. So I was trying to make sure that all the trusts and everything were, were was taken care of. And she, and she thought, here I am. And, and, and indirectly, I was, I was going there to do end of life planning. But what I was really going there to do is to give myself the peace of mind that as I go into this fight, the people I love, my wife, my son, his wife, my future grandchild that is due in August, my brother, that they're all taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the peace of mind is knowing that you're okay and that we aren't struggling. When we live in a society where 78% are living check to check or 62% say that they're going to have to work into their retirement years or they're going to have to reduce their lifestyle. There's a problem there. There's no peace there. Mm. I want peace because we don't really want the money. And actually, you know, as you're talking about that, if you're living with that day-to-day trauma of, am I going to pay the bills? Have I got enough to feed my children? You can literally feel that tension in your body. You can feel it in your belly. And that actually creates more disease, right? That's that's why we get sick, because we've got stresses on the body consistently. So I'm always really curious about what people are here to do, okay? And often I believe that Many of us, particularly in the entrepreneur space, particularly in the motivational space, we come to learn we're here to do something or experience we're here to do something because of a trauma we've been through. Can you, are you able to articulate what that ripple effect is that you wish to have? Yeah, I, it, I can. I can now. And it has to do with the cancer. The cancer woke me up in the sense of, I think there's a couple of things to realize is that We go into this life and depending on religious beliefs and all that stuff. But here on earth, we know that we have a finite amount of time, but we take that time for granted. I did Mm -hmm. until mortality stared me in the face until I realized that I had a finite number of slices of life to live. And what that meant was that I had to make a choice. How was I going to live my life? How was I going to do that and make it so, so it was fruitful and meaningful. And I wasn't the person to get cancer. No one in my family's ever had cancer. I have no risk factors for it. I don't, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't, I mean, I lived a healthy life, so we don't know why. And so I struggled with it when it first happened. I went into a dark place. I spiraled out of control looking for how and why and, 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 and why me and all the things that you do. And, and I realized that I was in a bitter place that I, I would have never gotten out of if I didn't finally realize that too often we look for our why in our past. We try to find something to point a finger at, to blame and everything until I realized that the why isn't in the past. The why is actually in the future. The why is what we define. And the cancer, the gift that the cancer is giving me is to make the cancer make sense, is that by going out with the show, by going out and helping people become affluent entrepreneurs to live richer lives and and have deeper impact and, and complete freedom, to know that I impacted those generations, then in that process, then I can actually accept the cancer. And I can actually know that that was the reason 
It's that so interesting. I, I remember when we first talked, Mel, and I was saying to you, I, I, I really identified with what you were saying because when I was told a long time ago now that to expect I'd never, never walk again, actually, once I, I discovered NLP and how we can think, my first kind of brushes with mindset and what the stories we tell ourselves, actually, suddenly for me, well, actually, if I can help other people unlock, instead of this, my whole life having been about what I can get, yeah. if it becomes a life of service, which for me was a complete change in the way that I was thinking, being and doing, well, then, then there's been meaning in what I've been through. Yeah. And I, I don't know, so many people I, I see in the thought leadership space and the motivational space have come through something extremely challenging. And often they've actually kind of been on a journey, on a trajectory anyway, and then something's happened. And then there's this kind of colossal growth again. So talk to me then about what people are getting wrong about building wealth and having affluence. Yeah. I think what they're getting wrong, the probably the biggest thing they're getting wrong is actually, believe it or not, focusing on the money. Mm-hmm. Because having the money, they say money doesn't buy you happiness. Okay, you know, the fact is, is that I know people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. They have five airplanes, but they're miserable. Their health is miserable. It's miserable to be around them. And and from the outside, you'd look in and you go, wow, they're they're free. And I'm going, no, they're in prison. They might have a nicely decorated prison cell, but it is still a prison cell nonetheless. What we fail to do is to define what richness is for ourselves, what that affluence vision is for ourselves. Completely absent what you see on social media, what you see in the media, to be true to yourself and be okay that maybe your definition of richness in life is different than your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, and that is yours because you're the one that gets to live it. And so when we do that, now we have the chance to put a price tag on that richness. What does it take to create that? Because if we're so focused on just the how and how much, and we forget the why, when, and it's not if, but when an obstacle or challenge comes in the way, we can't get our, see ourselves through it. So what I'm understanding of that then is, is deciding for yourself what it means to be wealthy. Yeah. Right? Is it about I have the posh house and I've got all the cars and it looks great? Or is it actually I'm happy and content to live a, a slimmed down lifestyle and I know I've got those investments. I know that my grandchildren are provided for and that I don't need all the flashy stuff. Because there's, there's different ways of looking at wealth. There is. And it's not a competition. Neither one's right or wrong. As long as it's moral, legal, and, and ethical, and we're not hurting someone, man, make it your own. You so know, what is it about your life now that you're determined to make your own? For me, is knowing that I had a finite, have a finite number of slices of life to live and and you know by gosh hopefully it's it's a lot of slices what i realized is the importance of me saying no to the things that i'm not fully invested in meaning that every time we say yes to something you know someone that's watching the show they said yes to watching us whether it's recorded whether it's live they said yes to watching us so so my approach to that means that 
to honor their time because they're giving me a slice of their life they'll never get back. I have to give this moment everything that I have. And so if I don't feel comfortable that I'm going to be able to give everything I have to the moment that I'm saying yes to, I got to say no because it's it's cheating the other person. And I expect the same out of the other person. And so for me, it's it's being really clear on what I'm going to say yes and no to. And the things that I'm going to say yes to are the things that create meaning and richness in experience, in feeling and joy in my life and others, uh, my family and and my soon-to-be grandchild, all of that. How big a shift is that from where you were four or five years ago? It's a relatively big shift in the sense that the number didn't take the front seat anymore. The, you know, it it matters because obviously you want bills paid, you want to be able to do that. But the number isn't the primary driver of it. Now the number is the fuel we need, what size of gas tank we want to create that rich lifestyle that we've defined. So then for someone who's thinking, yeah, but I'm 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 pretty skinned. How can I possibly start to live a life of affluence and wealth? Where do they start with this, Mel? So I think there's two things. First off, part of affluence is a feeling of richness. So one, I think the, it's important that we are grateful and find gratitude with what we do have. Too often we spend our time looking at what we don't have. And a lot of that is spent looking at what other people say they have on social media or looking at what the neighbors have. And that comparison is the quickest way to get into depression, self-esteem issues, to, to not feel rich at all. And we never take the time to look and say, what do we got? What, what, what am I appreciative for? And I, and I think so that's one. Then tactically, the realization is that it doesn't take a lot to make a lot. If you literally put $200 a month away at 8%, $200 at 8% a month over 30 years becomes over $300,000, $800 a month. Little steps becomes over a million dollars. So the thing is that too often we feel that we're struggling and everything. So we, we don't even get in the game. We got to get in the game no matter how little or how big we can get in the game because what we're doing, remember I said it's behavior issues, is we're developing the behaviors that rich people have by doing the things that they do. And as it becomes a habit for us, we can then grow. Mm -hmm. But if we never start because we think I don't have enough, so I'll wait till I have more, that's like sitting back and saying, I'm not going to watch my weight until I'm 200 pounds overweight. And we go, that doesn't make sense. Why wait? Because time is your greatest tool in leveraging wealth building. Yeah, it's a really powerful statement. So then, what is it that people need to look at first? What's the one thing to get started with this right now? I think it's time that we all, if we haven't done so already, given everything we've been through in, in, in the last year, is to take in a, and take a hard look at our life and say, what has been driving me? What have I been valuing? What have I been making a priority? And if you question what your priorities are, don't look at what you're thinking. Look at what you're doing. I always figure out people's priorities and values by watching their feet, their actions, not their words. If their words and actions are in concert with each other, great. But often we say that wealth building and everything is a priority, but we're running up our credit card bills. So mm -hmm. it's not a priority. So I think we need to take a very critical look, not judgmental, 
because judgmental, now we're beating ourselves up, making us ourselves feel bad. And you're using the big stick of the past to beat you up. But critical look to say, what are the behaviors? What are the things and the habits that I'm doing that are not supporting me to become affluent? Mm -hmm. And part of that is then in that critical look, taking a critical look at what are your wants and what are your needs in where you're spending your money. And the fact is, is that the needs are your survival, transportation, clothes, shelter, medical, food, that stuff. It's not the other stuff. All the wants, those are optional. Yeah. And that's where we find that we get caught up. And so we can get rid of the wants to start building the richness in life. Yeah, such great advice, Mel. And I know that your brand new podcast is full of more of it. So uh, I know that you've got a link that you want to share with my listeners so they can find out more about the launch of your show. So would you like to share? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, melabraham.com forward slash show live. And know that this show isn't just a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. I will have guests on. I want to bring some of my audience on to coach and mentor them. I want to answer questions and do that. This is a show for you. This is a show to figure out how do we scale your business, scale your money, and scale your life in a beautiful way. That's what it is. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible. And people, go check out Mel's show. As you've seen today on today's episode, there's real meaning and purpose behind the the effect Mel wants to have on your wealth, on your levels of affluence and how you're building and designing your online business. Because if you're just chasing that money and yet it's not going to build you any security or any sense of peace, then what are you doing it all for? So over and out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.